Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. Like a blade of corn. It's Sunday morning. <gasps> it is Sunday morning. So make hey, a joyful noise. Joyful! Joyful! <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. I apologize to everyone. Please, I can't sing. Well, we can't get into it because we'll obviously do a full video review. But last night we saw The Color Purple. And yeah. the the fun thing was that six years ago on December 19th, we also saw the color purple in Newark, New Jersey. Oh, that's so crazy. I know. That's so funny. Also, I mean, I guess it just, the stars aligned or some shit. Mm. It was great. That was, that was such an experience too. Yeah. The Newark trip. I I know we were going to go see it obviously because I just we just wanted to see the color purple, but I forgot that it also coincided with my birthday. Oh sure, right. We've seen good shows for your birthday, Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. Kathy Rigby is Peter Pan. <laughs> That's funny. Remember that time we saw Frank and Friends. And, um, oh my god, yeah, that's right Frank Wildhorn was like Next year you can see Jekyll and Hyde on your birthday And we were like, okay I'm sure it will still be open, Frank Right, because I was like, listen I totally would go see Jekyll and Hyde on my birthday I fucking loved that revival of Jekyll and Hyde It was complete and utter nonsense And I saw it three times Yeah, But that shit's not going to be open in a year, honey Nope Love you, Frank Wildhorn And he shook my hand Yeah It was great it was great. Well, some business from last week. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, corrections, retractions. Corrections, retractions. <laughs> um, I did know about the Tracy Ullman Once Upon a Mattress, though I have not seen it, but I had like completely forgotten about it. In my defense, I had never heard of it. Mm. In my memory. Well, I looked I it up because it, I forgot. it definitely would be something that I would have seen, and I think the reason I didn't see it is I was in Spain. I was living in Spain when it came out, and there's like mm. there's like a six month gap in my American pop culture right, knowledge right. where every now and then uh, something comes up that was in that black hole, and I'm like, "What? That's a thing that happened." That's so funny. Uh, it's also funny. I just love when I dreamcast things and then find out they already fucking oh, happened. Oh, absolutely. Because then you're like, I must have been on to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was right. Tracy Ullman would be a great Winifred. Yeah. Aha. Well, did you look at the rest of the cast? Mm-hmm. Carol Burnett was in it. Yeah, she was Queen Agravane. Zoe awesome. Deschanel was Lady Larkin. <laughs> What? Wait, yeah. what year was this? 2005. It was oh, like shit. She was like Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but not oh even God. N- not you even like get a, a copy of this and watch it. Yeah, not even like mainstream Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yet. Wow, that's weird. Crazy. And then Matthew so Matthew Morrison was Sir Harry. That's which one is that? Uh uh Zach Resnick. He was the the Lady Larkins dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Who played the idiot prince? Dennis O'Hare. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, right? Weird. Oh, my God. I want to watch it. Oh, and Edward Hibbard was the wizard. That's so funny. I Because I definitely, especially with Matt Morrison being in this, because that summer before I left for Spain, I came to New York and I saw Light in the Piazza. I definitely mm. would have been like, I need to watch this with Matt Morrison. Right, right. Yeah, and in 2005, I was in high school. Yeah, you were busy. Not paying it. I was, yeah, busy watching Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I mean, weren't we all? It was directed by Kathleen Marshall. Oh, my God. we got to get a copy of this. Yeah, I don't know if it's a... Oh, you can watch it on Amazon for $2.99. Hey, perfect. Well, also a follow-up that I wanted to... I did some hard thinking. <laughs> Last <laughs> week, we were talking about... And not that I like... We don't like to dwell on like the quote unquote worst things we've ever seen. Mm. Sure, we have them, but like this best and worst of the year thing, we don't really talk about the worst aspect, even though we could have answers to that, but we'd rather talk about shows that we like. But I was thinking about it and I really wanted to see if I could figure out a show that I just would have not seen and I figured it out. What was it? It was No Man's Land with Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart for two reasons. It was awful. (laughs) Good reason. But also, I still was able to see them in Waiting for Godot, a play that, though, is like more existentialist, you know, theater, at least has a point it's trying to make. Where right, right. Harold Pinter was really, literally like, I don't know what No Man's Land is about. I just wrote it. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Jinx. So there That's it is. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Fucking Pinter. <sighs> that um, weird theater company that I interned for a few years ago, the place with the readings. Yeah. She did like one. Of, it was all Pinter. She loved Pinter. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I guess I think that's the only Pinter I've seen. So I guess I can't really, especially when the playwright himself is like, this show is nonsense. That pisses me off. I, I hate it. I hate it when uh, people who write things are like, I don't know what it's about. Or like, like, you know what I really fucking hate? Like the last season of the L word. Where they made it like anybody could have killed Jenny. Everyone had a reason to kill Jenny. And you're like, fuck you. You as the author, you in the writer's room, you should know who killed Jenny. You can like lead your audience in different directions and make us, you know, wonder and be not sure. But you as the writers should fucking know. Yeah. That drives me insane. Yeah, and, like, why would you have it produced then? Especially, like, he didn't seem – I mean, I literally only read, like, one interview. So from this interview, like, it's not like he seemed upset or he was just very nonchalant about it. So then don't you care more about it Mm. to – and your work itself to just be like, I wrote this and it's – it's not even like you could 
listen, if anybody saw No Man's Land and like got something out of it, let me know because no one I talked to had, and maybe, maybe people so why did. Why do people fucking do it? It's if, it, if, if Harold Pinter is like, people like, don't do it. This was the first production. Oh, uh, I feel like it's something that. I don't know. It, it seems like something that people do scenes from in high school a lot. No Man's Land? I'm pretty sure it was the, his first production. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Memory play? No exit. No exit. Oh, that's by Sartre. That play where everybody's like, oh my god, we're trapped in a room. What's up with this? Oh, it's, what is it? It's a... Uh, uh, limbo or purgatory or yeah something. yeah yeah well right again it's the same thing with godot where like you can see that even if you don't get it at first if someone tells you afterwards you'd be like okay not my thing but i like i see i see where where that was going but right. this play was literally like not going anywhere Ugh. and he didn't have an idea it's one thing if like it doesn't work and he was like but i was trying to do this and nobody got anything out of it but he was literally like, Ugh. but seriously, if anybody saw No Man's Land and got something out of it, I'm curious yeah, as too. to what that was. <laughs> it just seemed like a series of characters who had nothing to do with anything that were just like accidentally put in a room together. Yeah. Ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> well, on to more exciting things. We are getting a new Broadway theater. This is very exciting. It is very exciting. We get a new Broadway theater in our lifetime. I know. I didn't think it would happen because the ones that they could restore would be the Mark Hellinger, the Hudson, maybe the Liberty, Mm -hmm. but they all seemed to like have their purpose otherwise. And then there was, is that like Schubert Theater still happening? Remember how they were going to build it oh, where yeah. where Natasha Pierre was, I think? Yeah, I don't know. Or where that like tent city market is um, on 46. <laughs> I can't, uh, I haven't heard any updates. I haven't right. heard anything. Like they said it, you know, I mean, things go slow until they actually happen. So that makes sense. But yo, building permits in New York City. It's tough stuff to get through, bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also the turnover in this, which I guess makes sense because it's already being, you know, it's still being used as a theater, but it's supposed to open, reopen for the 2016-2017 season. So like next in the fall. The Hudson? Yeah, the Hudson. Sorry, I went back to the Hudson. I've, I've been in the Hudson Theater before. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's mostly, I think it's rented out for like corporate events and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's in really good condition when I was in it like a year ago. I mean, it's fully functional and as a theater and maybe they, they just need to like clear some stuff out and put some equipment back in and stuff. It's not like the Liberty Theater where like the Liberty Theater would need to be shut down and put chairs back in, you know, Mm -hmm. like. They would need to do a lot of work, but yeah, the Hudson is ready to go. Slot what were you on that bitch? What were you there for? I went to the Classic Stage Company's gala last year. That's right. I remembered walking by it with you, and you, I was like, "Hey, what's that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were telling me all about it. 
Yeah, I couldn't I'm, remember I'm what it was. It's a cute little theater. I sat up in like the balcony and it's a nice small balcony, great views. It's like a nice, it feels very intimate. It feels like the booth, you know, even yeah. though it has a mezzanine and a balcony to my memory. Yeah. Well, the company that bought it is actually a... One it's like two companies, but is a a British group, so it's primarily going to be used, I think, for like transfers. Cool for like plays and things, which makes sense as you Ooh. say because it's like a smaller right house. Cool. I think the I was looking at the website, and I don't know if this will be true when they actually convert it back into a, a full time theater. But it said that if you have a an event there for theater seating, it's like seats like seven hundred. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's so exciting. That's really exciting. Uh, this company also owns the Lyric. They bought it from Foxwoods. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Amelda Stanton Gypsy. Oh my God, yeah. That would be good too because it's they could drum up some like high ticket sales for those idiots who think we don't need another revival of Gypsy with a small house, it wouldn't be hard to sell well. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's another, in the news, another former Broadway house. I'm very excited to tell you about this. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see it. But today at the former Mark Hellinger Theater, which is now the Times Square Church, they're doing a religious-themed Christmas play with music. Oh. It's a, one's happening right now at 10 a.m. One's at 3 and <laughs> one's at 6. Of course, uh, you're hearing this on Monday, so you, like us, have missed it. Uh, it's called Outside the Inn. Here's, here's, here's the description. Have you ever considered the shepherds outside of Bethlehem may have struggled with issues like us today? If you were inside the Bethlehem Inn and... Would you have made room for Mary and Joseph not knowing who they were? This production presents to the audience a look at dramatic circumstances surrounding the birth of Christ and living for the benefit of others. It's heavy stuff. Yeah. That's a funny and interesting. I mean, I get, I know what the ending is. Jesus is born? Something like that. No, I mean, it's like <laughs> one of those things where, you know, they're like, there's... This makes me think of um, the story of Elijah in my religious references, Mm -hmm. you know, where Elijah's like, hey, I'm a poor dude and I need somewhere to stay. And people are like, fuck off. We don't have any more room at our Hanukkah table. And then, no, that's not wrong holiday. And then one family's like, hey, come on in. And then the next day they like find a bag with like tons of fabric and the father's you know a tailor and they're like we're rich yeah good thing we let that homeless man into our dinner table well and that's why you leave a chair for elijah right right it's just like the movie it could have been you with nick cage and bridget fonda where he wins the lottery and splits it with her and then at the end when they lose all their money they invite a homeless man into her restaurant except he's a journalist and so he writes a nice story about them and the city of new york sends them checks what (laughs) 
Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what that movie is about? I love this movie so wait, much. Wait, 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 wait. They win the lottery. <laughs> right. This is the one where the cop, get like, he doesn't, he doesn't have money to tip his waitress. So he's like, I have a lottery ticket. If I win it, if I win anything, I'll give you half my winnings. And then he does win. And his wife is like, his, his wife is Rosie Perez. And she's like, are you crazy? You can't give that woman, uh, you know, half our lottery winnings. And then he does anyway, because he's a good guy. <laughs> and eventually Rosie Perez divorces him and he and Bridget Fonda fall in love. And then, uh, they lose the money because Rosie Perez wins it in the divorce or something. And also Stanley Tucci's in it and he plays Bridget Fonda's ex-boyfriend and he's like a, a con man or something. And then in the end, they lose everything. But a homeless man comes into her diner, which she's losing because she's lost all her money and she feeds him. And he writes this story in the post about how even at their worst and hardest time, they still helped me. And it's like a Tyra Banks social experiment. (laughs) And everybody in New York is just like, we'll send you money. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, your story touched my heart. I don't have a lot to give, but here's $2 or whatever. And uh, then the original GoFundMe. They yeah, exactly. And you know, it wasn't millions, but they get like enough to save her business or whatever. Oh man, that's funny. You know what this is a lesson in? Always making sure you have money to tip your service people before you <laughs> fucking order. That's the lesson. If you don't know, I always know how much money I have on my person. And especially if I'm trying to about to pay for something or order something that I will have to pay for, I know how much money I have on my person. Yeah. Well, and now everybody pays with... Everybody doesn't, but there's a higher chance that you're going to be paying with a credit card. And even though cash tips are better, at least you could put it on your credit card. Right, right. But it's just funny that that motherfucker sat down at a diner, ordered, didn't have enough money to tip. Fuck you. Wait, what did I call it? It's a, It's called it could, it could happen to you. I don't know what I said. It could have been you. I think I said, like, it should have been Lou. <laughs> should have been Lou. It should have been Lou. Anyway, I love that movie, and I would see a musical version of that. I mean, sure, I'd see a musical version of that, but I'm just saying you should know how much money you have on yourself, and you should tip your service people well. Yeah, I agree hey, you with all of that. you want to know something funny? I do. This involves service people, so it's not um, completely out of out of order here. Um, you know who tweeted me last night, who I got into a little Twitter fight with, except not because he didn't respond? The second time, Montel Williams. Montel Williams? Yeah, Montel Williams, because he tweeted something awful, like, you, you know, you he tweeted something like, you hope that all of the Trump supporters are working in innocuous jobs, like, you know, fast food. They're, like, not smart enough to do anything else. And everybody was like, go fuck yourself, man. Are you fucking serious? Do you just call anyone that works in fast food like an idiot? And so I I tweeted at him and I said, delete your account because I thought it was funny. Well, that's um, a, th- a thing. That's a thing. You tweet yeah. when people say mean things, you just say delete your account. And then yeah. he retweeted with comment and said, 
Rolling on the floor laughing. Rolf. <laughs> Rolf. Um, and then I told him he was a shitty person and that he should respect service people. End of story. Tip your... Oh, you know why I took comfort in this? Because guaranteed now, sometime, maybe multiple times, Montel Williams will eat out and people will fuck up his food Mm. on purpose. They will... Mm. Like, Montel Williams, you say shit like that, you will be eating a shit pie. Why would you say that, Montel Williams? Yo, he's a garbage person. What is it even... uh, Anyway... Anyway, tip your waitress. Always tip your waitress. Yeah, I was, I'm looking at the website for that play at the Mark Hellinger and they, you they're actually live streaming it. Oh, so for a second I was like, oh, I should tweet this out. But then I was like, but the whole point is to like go to the Mark Hellinger, not to actually watch this play. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So if you are actually interested, check out the website and maybe they'll like put up, a, it up. a video of it or something, but, or go to the Mark Hellinger and have a look around. I still haven't done that. I still feel weird about it. Why? We'll go sometime. We'll I don't go. like going to churches like without the purpose of worshiping. It feels disrespectful to me. I don't like going as a tourist. I, I'm uncomfortable when t- people take pictures in churches, even though, I, like, I did it when I was younger. You know, I went to Notre Dame. But, like, not, like, I've been in churches before where there's been a service going on and people are, like, taking pictures because they're standing in the back of St. Patrick's Cathedral, and it's very uncomfortable for me. Weird. Sorry. That's this is, right. I mean, the times when I've gone into the Mark Hellinger, nobody was like taking pictures, but people were like, I went up to the mezzanine and people, you know, I wouldn't mind going in there when there wasn't a service happening. No, Patty, it's better to go in when there is a service happening. All right. Whatever. Um, we got some out of the blue. Cremazing news. That oh. there is a nonsense TV series that is being pitched. Wait, just being pitched? Well, yeah, they shot a pilot and they're pitching it. Oh, God. I thought it was a done oh, deal. Oh, you should have read the article I sent you. <laughs> oh, this changes everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it was a done deal. I was so happy. No. F level on my TV. Oh, God. Please make it real. They're, so they're searching for, like, streaming venues. But my guess is since they produced it independently, probably a lower-tier streaming venue, not like a Netflix, maybe, or a Hulu. Oh, God, I need it to be real. Well, the pilot exists. Well, I want to see it. Well, so here's who is in it. Karen Ziemba and Beth Level. I love both those ladies. Yeah. Yeah. And also, oh, this this Playbill article spells Beth Level's last name incorrectly. Oh, what? Playbill? How? It spells it like, how fucking level up. dare you? How fucking dare they? Mm. That is shameful. 
Patty, please write them immediately. Correction. Correction. I'll tweet them. Also involved is D. Hody, Chris Sieber, Jeff Blumenkrantz. Oh, I love him. I know. There's amazing. This is amazing. And I actually have never seen Nonsense, which is like off-brand for me. I haven't seen it. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I know. I can't believe I haven't either. Um, I think my church did it before I was involved with the community theater. It's basically like Sister Act, right? I, something like that, yeah. Here's Deadline describes the plot thus. <laughs> That's what Playbill's article says. Deadline described the plot thus. <laughs> okay, Playbill. <laughs> the continuing story finds the little sisters back in Hoboken where their arts funding at Mount St. Helens School is about to be cut. <gasps> they hear there's a $100,000 prize for a Hoboken has talent show in the offing. You can pretty much figure the, out the rest. Yeah, girl. I can. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's level! I love it. I hope it, especially because I was not entirely satisfied with Sister Act. Mm-hmm. I would I would like something uh, to, like, fill that. Right. That need in me because I really do love Sister Act and this sounds right up my alley. Hell, Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope it happens. Everybody loves musicals right now. I know. Beth Lovell on my TV. I want Beth Lovell to be on my TV and make that TV money, honey. I love these other nonsense names because, you know, it's like a whole brand, right? So there's nonsense, nonsense 2, nonsense jamboree, nonsense um, amen, <laughs> nuncrackers, and even nonset boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Nonset Boulevard. That's funny. Amazing. Well, um, fucking may it be so. Jeez. I watch this so much. Also, Darlene Love um, is involved as well. I know that name. Yeah, she's like R&B singer and she was in Hairspray. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And she was in Leader of the Pack. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. Pre baby, it's poo poo. Ugh, I just need this to happen. Me too. Me too. And then they could do like nonsense live at Feinstein slash Fifty Four Below with Beth Lovell, and it'll be just as popular as the Hit List concert. Yeah, because Beth Lovell. <laughs> Yeah, because Beth Lovell. You know what I got? I mean, you know. I bought a fucking fuck ton of Lights of Broadway cards last Mm -hmm. night. I bought five packs, and I got a Beth Lovell card. Uh, I'm so jealous of that. You know what else I have right now? Two Marvin Hamlishes, two Tony Kushners, two Ramin Karamloos. Karamloo? Yeah. And three Ruthie Ann Miles. Oh, and also two Ugh. Jonathan Groff sauce and two Leslie Odom Juniors. Oh, man. A lot of repeats, yo. If anybody wants to trade, contact us. Yes, please. I got to get Patty these. and Emily. I got Patty, these ex- the letter N, Emily. Got to get these extras off my hands. Yeah. And I got, oh, I got two Kiki boots. This is amazing. 
Yeah. Nonsense. I really want to. It says, I'm looking at this Deadline article now, and it says, we've done television specials of all the shows. The first was for A&E with Rue McClanahan. Hmm. I want to watch that. Me too. Hey, do you want, let's do some trivia questions off these cards. Okay. Ruthie Ann Miles. Miles gloriously planted roots on Broadway in 2015, winning a Tony for her performance of Lady Tiang. Is that how it's yeah. pronounced? Yeah. In The King and I. Question one. Miles played what historical figure at the public theater in Here Lies Love? Imelda Marcos. Good job. Question Thanks. two. What... I didn't see her, though. Well, that's too bad. I saw her understudy, who was great. Continuing. What role did Miles play in a national tour of Sweeney Todd? Um, Joanna? No. Was she Mrs. Lovett? No. Was she the beggar woman? No. What other roles she are there? Adolfo Pirelli. Why haven't what? I seen that? Yo, give me the bootleg. What? Ruthie Ann Miles played Adolfo Pirelli? That's genius. What? Find me that I goddamn that. video. That's amazing casting. I was like, I'm pretty sure I named all the ladies. I know, I know, I know. It was a trick question. Oh my god, let's do let's do Jonathan Groff. You like him. Okay, I love him. Groff made waves in the original Broadway production of Spring Awakening and does the same in hit show Hamilton. Question one. Groff originated the character of Melchior in the musical Spring Awakening. To where does this character get sent in act two of the piece? Like, juvie? Yeah. I don't know what it's actually yeah, called. it says reform school. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Question two. Groff voiced the character Kristoff in what animated movie musical? Frozen. Let's pick a, let's pick a, let's pick, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ooh, this is a good one. James Monroe Eigelhart. Ooh. Yes, please. Question two. Michael Hart played the role of Bobby in what 2009 musical? No, 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 no. Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Ooh, 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 He's got ooh. those phones. Here's a good one. Yeah, I love that part too. Marvin Hamlish. <gasps> Question one. Before he passed away in 2012, Hamlish wrote songs for what musical aiming for Broadway in 2016? Well, we were just talking about this last week. What was it? Oh, 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 got a dance. Yes. Woo, woo, woo. Good job. Thank you. This is a trick question. For which okay. show did Hamlish not write songs? A chorus line, Smile, The Nutty Professor, They're Playing Our Song, The Goodbye Girl. The goodbye girl? Trick question. He wrote for all of them. No trick questions, I know, please. I know. Okay, last one, last one. Leslie Odom Jr. Okay. Question two. Odom Jr. played Sam Strickland on what Broadway-themed television series? Smash. Smash. These oh, cards, smash. These cards are a lot of fun. Sports gay. You guys should all get them. 
I saw that someone asked you where they got them, and you uh, you can most definitely get them online. Oh, you can? That's good. Yeah. I went to the theater circle shop next to the St. James. Yeah, you can get them there or also um, theater circle. Oh, wait, that's where you are. Or also Schubert well, Alley. Right. It's a, they're, I think they're owned by the same company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a little, the tiny one that's in Schubert Alley, and then the bigger one that has the awesome back room, which is where you can get the vintage T-shirts. And VHS tapes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Remember when we gave Jen Tepper a VHS tape of David Hasselhoff in Jekyll and Hyde for her birthday? God, we're fun. <laughs> we're good gift givers. Yeah, we are. Ugh. Yeah, gotta find a VCR. I do want to get a VCR um, so that I can get like transfer software, so I can transfer some of these like VHS tapes I have yeah. onto DVD of like TV appearances that Insync did. Yes, of those. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have thirteen VHS tapes full of them. Here's my question: Have you yes. investigated to see if the clips that you have on the tapes are also available on YouTube? I'm sure they are. So why don't you just I'm, rip them? Probably from not YouTube? all of them. Probably not all of them. But I can't like know exactly what I have until I watch those tapes again. True. 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 And I did a lot of, like, editing. I put a lot of time into it of, like, pressing pause and unpause when they <laughs> were and weren't on the screen. So, you know, I just want that work rewarded and, and kept forever. You go, girl. Live your dream. <laughs> we have a new new casting for for a show that's coming in the spring for Bright Star. By Steve Martin uh-huh. and Eddie Brickell. Do you know who Eddie Brickell is? Nope. She's a singer from the 90s, singer-songwriter. The only song I can think of of hers right now is What I am is what I am is what you are a what. That's like her hit. Okay. Um, but here's who's going to be in this show. Again, D. Hody coming up again. <gasps> but also Paul Nolan. Ooh. Jesus. Who is now going as Paul Alexander Nolan. So I don't know if there's a SAG issue. Oh. Um, but also, again, Jeff Blumenkrantz. Yay, Jeff Blumenkrantz. Michael X. Martin. Yes. I love that. And him. Emily Padgett. Oh, good for her. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Good cast. Yeah. Um, and the lead is Carmen Cusack, who I don't know, but she's been with the musical f- like for a long time and is going to make her Broadway debut. What's it about? Let's see. Inspired by a true event, Bright Star, according to press notes, <laughs> tells a sweeping tale of love and redemption set against the rich backdrop of the American South in the 1920s and 40s. Mm-hmm. They just skipped the 30s? When successful literary editor Alice Murphy meets an ambitious young soldier just home from World War II, their connection inspires Alice to confront her past. Together they discover a stunning secret with the power to transform their lives. Oh, I wonder what the secret is. Did they own slaves? I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. That's not really a secret, though, at that point in the South. In the 40s? You're close enough to it. Well, in the 40s, maybe not. I guess I was thinking more like the 20s. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Carmen Cusack was a, an alphabet. Oh, good. She's yeah. got a good voice then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was the alphabet in the in Chicago and on tour and in Melbourne. Oh, she's been around. Yeah. She made her West End debut as Fantine in Les Mis. She's been all over the place. Welcome to Broadway almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's happening. I'm interested. I don't I kind of like this season. There's a lot of things just popping up mm-hmm. that that I've been hearing about but don't know too much about. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna see a lot of shows that will be a surprise to me this year. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, Because, like, I, you know, we've both made a point not to listen to any of Waitress. So that will pretty much, aside from knowing the story, the whole production of it will be a surprise. Oh, I'm so excited about Waitress. Mm, Me too. Me too. I just remembered She Loves Me. That's not a surprise, but I'm very excited about it. Oh, yeah. God, I can't believe that's happening. Every time I think about it, I get really excited. Mm. Very exciting. Mm. So something popped up when I was like, you know, putting together today's list of what we're going to talk about. And I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet on this podcast. But there's a segment on the fourth hour of the Today Show called Everyone Has a Story. The hour of the Today Show? The only hour of the Today Show. Yeah, the most, the, the one that matters. Um, called Everyone Has a Story. It's been going on for a few years. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. It, so <laughs> if you don't know what it is, Kathy Lee and her writing partner, what's his name? David. David. David Fre- Freeman. I think. There were so many Davids and Scandalous. Like three well, right. of the creative day was like Kathy Lee and three Davids. I don't really remember what- which David is the one that she actually writes with most of the time. Yeah. I think there's an Armstrong maybe is one of them. I just like looked it up and this, this Playbill article calls Scandalous a pop musical. No. Scandalous, the pop musical about a religious superstar closes. Completely incorrect. Anyway, David Freeman. Yes. And David Pomerantz also wrote, music for scandalous but not for everyone has a story Mm. and everyone has a story it's kathy lee david freeman people write in and nominate friends or nominate themselves or something where they're like i'm dealing with this incredible thing it's either like very difficult or very inspiring and then they write a song based on it and then they get a broadway star who has a show to promote Mm. to sing the song and it's great and by great, and the most recent one. We mean most of the time extremely awkward and bizarre. Yes. <laughs> the most recent one was uh, Carrie Butler saying a song, and this one actually wasn't that awkward. The clip that I watched didn't say what the exactly the story was, but the theme of the song was basically like, hey, everybody help each other. <laughs> the, the song was called, I'm here, what can I do? <laughs> that's funny that's hilarious it was like real cute oh. um carrie butler just being adorable and singing this sweet little song but sometimes they're very dramatic 
Kate Baldwin sang one about a red balloon that was like, it was like the representation of someone's dead relative when they see a red balloon. God, but what was um, the worst one was that? I think it was Cheyenne Jackson where it was yes. like that football player who became friends with like this kid with autism and mm-hmm. and like it was like this beautiful story of how like the football quarterback was like, fuck everybody. Like I'm gonna, this is my bro and like everybody's gonna fucking be cool with it, motherfuckers. No discrimination for people with mental disorders wait i guess autism isn't really a mental disorder uh well it's just yeah i'm not sure how that's classified but so many words in our modern english language and so many ways to utilize them but then kathy lee was like i'm gonna write this song about how sad and lonely it is to be autistic and have no friends and you're like that wasn't the point of the story (laughs) it was the opposite (laughs) of that yeah it was yeah also because the kids were sitting right there while cheyenne jackson was singing i think that was cheyenne yeah so it actually i just looked it up it was kate baldwin that sang that and i think cheyenne jackson sang that red balloon song God, it's so funny watch all of them they're on youtube you guys yeah it's so good god i love kathy lee well and i thought they had just stopped because i do feel like one day, like one day I watched so many of them and then this Carrie Butler one popped up on Playbill and I was like, this is still a thing. And then I Googled it and yes, 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 it is. <laughs> There's one of Elizabeth Land Ward singing one. I mean, they just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Because <laughs> you know why? Because everyone has a story Whoa. and Kathy Lee is going to tell them all. I love Kathy Lee. Through song. I love her. Public service announcement. It's Christmas week. Mm. So that means schedules are a little different. Is anybody playing on Christmas? Actually, a ton of shows are playing on Christmas. Oh, shit. Maybe I can go see a show. And that's not actually that surprising to me, only because most of the shows are dark on Christmas Eve, which really... Christmas celebrations tend to go from like Christmas Eve through Christmas morning, maybe early afternoon if you do an early dinner, but you like don't have to have a big Christmas dinner. Right. Like we would, a lot of times we'd go see a movie on Christmas, like after dinner. I always go to the movies on Christmas. I got nothing else to do. Well, these are the shows that are playing on Christmas. Allegiance, Beautiful. Chicago, China Doll, you could go see um, uh, Al Pacino, The Color Purple, Games oh, at Sea, Fiddler, <laughs> perfect, Finding Neverland, of course, The Gin Game, The Illusionists, Jersey Boys, K&I, Kinky Boots, Les Mis, Lord of the Dance, <laughs> Misery, Phantom, School of Rock, Something Rotten, Spring Awakening. Fuck, and everybody. Wicked. Oh my God, like everybody's playing on Christmas. But like nobody's um, just, playing on Christmas Eve. Right, right. Literally nobody? Uh, well, Aladdin, let's see, a lot of people have made Christmas Eve matinees. So Aladdin mm-hmm. has a Christmas Eve matinee, American in Paris, but these aren't added. So I think they might like have special just holiday matinees. Mm-hmm. In general, huh. maybe for the next few weeks. Gentleman's has a matinee. Oh, shit, Gentleman's. I should try and go see that. It's closing. Fuck. King Charles has a matinee. Lion King has a matinee. And View from the Bridge has a matinee. 
But most of those shows that don't have Christmas Eve performances have a Sunday evening performance. So I would say the Sunday evening performance is everyone's best bet for a good time to see a show. The 27th? No. Yes. Mm -hmm. What time are the matinees on the 24th? Um, some are at two, I think, I think all of them are at two except Aladdin's at one. Oh. Well, maybe I'll go see something on Christmas Day. Maybe I'll see something on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Maybe I'll see the color purple both days. (laughs) Cool. I'm definitely going to try and catch a show this week. I yeah, so the there's situations will be great. I wonder what time oh. this is what I want to know. What time do the box office open on Christmas Day? That's a good question. It's not listed here. I'm not sure. I'm gonna like maybe I'll stroll by and ask because like if the box office doesn't open until like fucking I don't know, five o'clock for an eight o'clock show on Christmas Day, don't torture those box office people and rush tickets. Well, yeah, and let <laughs> let everybody know. Yeah. I'm so curious. There are some Wednesday matinees uh, that didn't have matinees before. Obviously, most shows have matinees. But those ones that I think had matinees on different days now have a Wednesday matinee. I mean, it's kind of all over the place. But, yeah, I would say best bet might be Sunday evening. There's a ton of Sunday evening performances. Awesome. That were added. Cool. Yeah. So go see a show. I will be in Wisconsin. Woohoo. <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Have fun. I'll be in Wisconsin having some cheese curds and uh beer. <laughs> carolee, 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 carolee. Update. Y'all, sometimes your faves are problematic. Uh-oh. And this week, my fave, Carolee Carmelo, was a little bit problematic. Not really, but a little bit. She went to um, Raven Simone's birthday party. Oh, I saw. And was like, I love Raven Simone. Raven Simone's awesome. And Raven Simone's cool and great. But also, if you have any uh, awareness of black Twitter and the black community, Raven Simone is incredibly problematic. Very problematic. And Carolee is completely oblivious. Which is, well, I was going to say, not know, an excuse, but right. like, I'm sure she doesn't have any idea. Right. Of she has, Twitter. I'm sure she has no idea that Raven Simone was like, I would never hire a person with a black sounding name because I think it's unprofessional. And everyone was like, Do you know what your name is? <laughs> Are you aware of your own name? Yeah. Okay, Raven. She's well, just she's done a an lot of actress, super, though. super racist black stuff like recently yeah yeah she's just said a, she said a lot of really bad shit about like she's been saying a lot of like racist stuff and just really like questionable things that show basically just show how out of touch she is because she's a child star she's been you know people who are raised in these like insular communities and i think she counts as one of those people come out with these oh, yeah. ideas where you're like, how do you fucking think that? And what's wrong with you? Like, how could you right. How could you sit there on national TV and say, I wouldn't hire someone with a black sounding name when your name is Raven fucking Simone? Yeah. Like, you just said that you wouldn't hire yourself. So I can't remember what her it. last name is. I don't know. 
Because she used to go by it. I want to look it up. Look it up. Wikipedia. Oh, no. You know what I'm thinking of? She went by Raven Simone, and then she just went by Raven, and now she's back to Raven Simone. Ah, ah, ah. So Simone her is last her name last is, name. Her last name is Pearman. Oh, oh. <laughs> but in my head, I was thinking that mm-hmm. Simone was mm-hmm. acting as her last name. It's funny. Yeah, it's just funny <sighs> that somebody with, like, a hyphen and, like, other... An accent. An, an accent is, like have white sounding names that are easy and you're like girl is this some sort of like self-loathing thing what? yeah i mean it's just uh, oblivious she's just oblivious yeah yeah just like carolee just like carolee <laughs> match made in heaven i mean i love that they're friends Oh, I know. What a, like, odd couple. Such adorable. Like, I love that Carolee was invited to Raven Simone's birthday and went. Yeah. And I don't think Carolee would take it upon herself to talk to Raven about black issues. No. But I do feel like. (laughs) Nor should she. I I do feel like if, like, she found out, she'd be like, hey, what's what's happening? (laughs) Why is everybody mad at you? Let's talk about this. Right. <laughs> she's great she's a great fun supportive friend mm-hmm. now it's time for the laura benanti tweet of the week on december 17th at 12 43 p.m laura benanti tweeted i can't sing this it's meant to be a song he's making a list <laughs> and checking it twice then four more times then eight times every four minutes santa actually has pretty bad ocd <laughs> it's pretty funny and it's surrounded by microphone uh music note yeah, emojis you can sing it he's making a list and checking it twice then four more times then eight times every four minutes santa actually has pretty bad ocd <laughs> that's funny hey that worked better than i thought it was going to yeah it does good one laura mm-hmm he should get some help for his obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of the holidays and the fact that I'll be in Wisconsin, there will be no episode of Listen this next week. So this is your last one of 2015. <gasps> cool. Sad. Aw. Go see a show this I week. I know. I am. Go see a show this week, and I will maybe watch Once Upon a Mattress on the Airplane. Mm. <laughs> and we'll be back January 4th, 2016. Yes. Oh, the day after the show slaughter. <gasps> well, it will be a day of remembrance. Mm-hmm. We'll have a moment of silence on the podcast for all the shows that closed. Absolutely. See you then. <laughs> It'll be great. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.